that together. Come, let us worship our King. Come on. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. Yeah. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great Second verse. You'll be faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. Yes, you will. For your promises, yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great. Come on, we dance in your freedom, awaken alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, Unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. Oh, hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God. Unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer. Yeah. You free every captive and break every chain. Break every chain, oh God. You have done. Hey. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. So God, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. 
His greatness no one can fathom. He speaks and it is done. He commands and it stands firm. Ah, yes. Great God. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or watching from home, it's just great to be together, worshiping our God and our King. My name is Jane DeYoung, and I'm your care pastor here at Hillside. If you're new, if this is your first time here today, or if you're kind of new-ish, um, we'd love to meet you. So I just hope that you'll, um, you know, kind of be brave and introduce yourself to me or Pastor Dan or Pastor Daniel, someone uh, around here. So we can answer any of your questions and just welcome you to Hillside. It's great, great to be together. Um, hopefully you've checked in already. Uh, there's either at the check-in station or on, on the check-in app. And um, we hope everyone will do that. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up that this, later in the service today, we're going to be doing a God at Work time. And for those of you who haven't heard of that before, that's when we just um, invite you to um, give testimony of what God has been doing in your life or what you need God to be doing in your life. And so we'll be doing that in two segments. And so um, feel free, we'd love for you to share. This is one of the things I think that drew me to this church when I first visited here. Um, I saw people stand up and just be so open and honest and um, be received with such grace that um, it, I knew this was the place for me. So I hope you'll be um, thinking about that. And think of your sharing as a blessing on everybody. Thank you. You know, this time that we set aside for worship is like no other hour in our week. It belongs to us and to God for prayer, for praise, for um, confession, for proclamation of God's word. It's just a very unique and special hour in our week. And we just want to celebrate um, great things, as we were just singing, the great things that God has done and is doing. Would you join me in the call to worship this morning? We're going to um, have some re response things I'll lead, and then you read works as congregation. Thank you. O oh Lord, open our eyes. O oh Lord, open our ears. O oh Lord, open our lips. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to worship today as a people blessed by your grace and your love. Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may praise you boldly and listen with open hearts and minds and receive joyfully what you want to give us today? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Day is brighter here with you. 
The night is lighter than this You would lead me to believe Which leads me to believe You make everything glorious You make everything glorious You make everything glorious And I am yours What does that make me? are small but they have seen the beauty of enormous things which leads me to believe there's light enough to see yeah yeah when you make everything glorious yes you do yeah you make everything glorious Make everything glorious, and I am yours. From glory to glory, you are glorious, you are glorious. From glory to glory, you are glorious, you are glorious.
have a piano player and a drummer who are behind here, just so you know. They're both named Gary, just so you know. Two Garys behind here. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Oh, praise
now is the time for what I mentioned earlier, God at work time, a time when um, we hear from one another and uh, what a way to bind us together as a family in the church of God. And um, normally I come out to you with a mic and I can still do that, but in order for the people at who are watching from home to see and hear what you're sharing, I would ask those of you who are able to come forward and um, just share briefly up here. So um, who would like to begin? Yes, come on. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Brittany. I Actually, this is my first time coming here. Um, <laughs> thank you. You all are so welcoming. Um, honestly, my testimony is more something that has been very personal to me. For three years, I've been wanting to come back to church, actually. I've been telling my boyfriend for three years, we're going to go back, we're going to go back. And I had been out of the church probably since I was 17, after I moved mm. to college. And I had been, our family had been struck with a tragedy recently. And my, I went home and I was speaking with my cousin and she's like, come with me to church. And in that moment, I couldn't even say no because I wanted to go. And I, I felt like at that time, like that was God calling me, you know, like this is your time. You wanted to go. This is it. Show up. Mm. And so every, I, for three weeks, four weeks, I was just going to church with her and I just made it a, something I just continue to do now. And so this is our, that's why this is our first time here. So I wanted to keep doing it. So I'm glad to be back. Thank you. Could you take your mask off for just a second? I asked her to take her mask off so we can recognize her. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brittany. Bless you. That's great. Who would like to share next? I'm really patient. <laughs> John, welcome. I'm going to put you on this side. After an act like that, I'm going to go sit down. <laughs> my, my son, Brett, would you stand up, Brett? Came to uh, California yesterday and said, I had about 10 things for us to do, but he said, can we go to church this morning? So here we are. Thank you. Thank you. As I said, it's the most important hour of our week. I'm glad you're here. All right. Yes, Janet. Thank you for coming forward. Lately, Floyd Roseberry and I have been going to a senior living center, Trey Vista. And I want to say that the Spirit of God is living and powerful among the elderly. They love coming. They always show up. They sing with exuberance. They love our being there, and they look forward and pray for us to come again. And I just want you to know that those who are not seen are just as powerful as those who are. So we give God the praise for that. Thank you. 
Thank you, Janet. I'm familiar with Trevista. Um, I was part of the team until other things took me away, but it is a blessing to be there. And I think Janet and Floyd are open to other people coming coming along. We we love to have Hillsiders come and just join in the Bible study and um, sing with the folks and just say hi and give people a hug. So it's a real it's doing really God's work in the most tangible way. Anyway, I, I'm going on and on. Who else would like to share this morning? And don't forget, I can come out to you if you want me to. Yes, Gemma. I'm going to put you on this side. Good morning. My name is um, Gemma Tosto, and my mom um, passed away January 1st of this year. But in her last years, she was too weak to really go out. And the way she survived, because we don't live close to her, is there's actually people from her apartment building, her neighbors who would come and check in on her. And that really made her, it was really a big help for us. And Hillside opened up, at least to me, an invitation to be a Hillside senior friend. And I was like, I'm really busy, but how can I say no? It's my turn to do what somebody else did for my mom. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. That's great. Thank you, Gemma. Jack, welcome. So after hearing several of these testimonies, there's a theme here that I just got prompted. I have to get up and just share um, kind of what Janet was saying and uh, Gemma, what you were saying. Uh, so my dad went into hospice uh, about three, four weeks ago. And uh, twice now, the hospice has a chaplain who's coming to the skilled nursing facility where he is. And uh, both times, uh, he has prayed. And my dad is hard, it's hard for him to speak. And he's you know, he's struggling, and uh, uh, both times when, he, when the chaplain says, can we pray, my dad pulls his hands out from under the covers, and then the chaplain prays, just reminds him Jesus is with him, and then at the end, he says the Lord's Prayer, and my dad, with his difficult speech, is able to say the Lord's Prayer, and it just tells me that it gives me comfort knowing that Jesus is in his heart, Amen. And, uh, and then also, uh, Brittany, um, our family had stopped going to church for many years, and 20 years ago, we walked into these doors, and here we are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Great. Come forward. And again, if you can't come forward, just raise your hand, and I'll come for you. You guys a guitar chord. Uh, I <laughs> Good morning, I'm Keon Amelie, and I wanted to share with you something that's been happening for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm in the small group, the, the birdhouse with Pastor Dan and a bunch of other uh, families, and we have been so blessed by the childcare, especially Beth Aylard, and I wanted to just say thank you so much. Um, you have been God at work in our lives, and I am so appreciative uh, to you. Yeah, <laughs> mask over the eyes, that's funny. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, one more. David, here he comes. <laughs> I wouldn't dare do that. Yeah, I want to really thank you for this church. It's been great. And especially a few weeks ago when we had the memorial for all those people that passed away. My mom was one of it. And I, it was amazing, though. Um, 
the five sentences we were told to do. Well, my mom has several hundred. No, anyway, um, the, uh, I think the thing is, uh, she is just so sharp to the very end. She's 96, and she was, for the whole last few years, she was a senior band leader for her piano playing. That was really fun. But in the meantime, there were so many things that she had also, the senior uh, center had a writing class. And uh, every week, there's 10 people would be in there. Mm. So let's see, I have a friend of mine from Hillside is kind of compiling those stories of hers now because it's really hard to put it together. So my mom has on that list probably 271 stories. <laughs> I mean, and I was reading one just the other day. I think it was like the legacy that she really, um, you know, she's just such a woman of God. That her, I think, see, I think there was five nephews and nieces that she just wrote. I still be typed, but uh, the just with the legacy, she talked all about those kids, those grandkids of what they've been doing, and that was some of the last things she wrote. It was so neat to just writing, reading that down. But there's a lot of stories I got to be reading right now. But I was going to say, um, and I want to throw one thing in there, just last thing. The, this, the family she grew up in was a great, strong family. But the amount of times she just had feelings about, um, she had like, oh, I just know there's a feel, this person needs to be prayed for. Or needs, to, but I think just so many things like that. So she basically, you know, to get my thoughts together, um, there was a, a time when she had a, oh, so I, I talked to my, cousin during the memorial service we said and it was something about she has laid on her heart so many different people that she's up there in heaven now just giving I mean the people are like lined up coming can't we give our uh, rewards I mean and that fact when we're all going up there if the line's still long my mom's still giving rewards <laughs> thank you David <laughs> Great memory, great memory. Good. Well, we are going to be praying for all of these um, testimonies and prayer requests later. Daniel will be doing a prayer. But I'm inspired um, by what Jack said about his dad remembering the Lord's Prayer. So let's close this time with saying the Lord's Prayer together. And especially be thinking of those people in your life who um, may need to hear this prayer. All right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. Many things are going on in the life of our church, and we just wanted to bring a couple of them to your attention today. Um, we're going to be getting the season of Advent soon, and I want to just thank the historic church for developing the seasons of the church. Um, it just gives us, I don't know, gives us rhythm to our, our spiritual walk 
and the season of Advent, that five or six week period leading up to Christmas, is one of those times when you can kind of just go a little deeper. And to begin that, we're going to be having a silent retreat on Friday, December 3rd. And it's a time when people come together in silence. And um, food is provided, and you just, you know, bring your favorite snuggle-up blanket or whatever. And it's just a a time to be together um, from 9 to 4. And um, if you have questions, you can call uh, Jenny Trees. So I hope that you'll take advantage of that. Good. Also, of course, Magi is happening. For those of you who haven't um, been here before on some years when we've done this, Magi is a wonderful uh, musical. And it's unique to Hillside. It was developed here. And it's a traveling musical that moves around the church, um, the church site here. And lots of things happen in it. It's got twists and turns. It's got fun. It's got humor. It's got depth. And um, so we're really proud to be able to produce it again this year. It'll be happening on the weekend of December 10th, 11th, and 12th. And tickets are now on sale. They're $10, and we just encourage you to um, go out to the information desk, and there's a little sheet there that gives you the times. There's different performances. It's multiple performances each day. So you can choose the time that fits for you and... um, and get your tickets. So we encourage you to do that. At the same time, we're going to be having a Freedom Fair, which is a great way um, to support women and families who are struggling to, for a better life. They um, have produced wonderful goods that we are able to sell. We set up little booths out here in the, in the information area, and people um, shop, do their Christmas shopping after they've gone to see the Magi. So um, after every performance of Magi, that uh, shop will be open, and you can wander around and pick out some beautiful handmade goods for um, your Christmas presents. So I hope you'll do that, too. And there was one more. Oh, of course. We want to give you a little peek at what the middle school and high school students were doing on their retreats the last couple weeks. And so we're going to see a little preview, not a preview, a little review of what, um, what went on. So let's do that. It's an anthem in the making Can you feel it start to rise? It's not time to be silent Don't you dare hide your light There's a world outside your window So don't let it pass you by Lift your hands to the heavens Lift your voice to the sky Praise the Lord Name be 
There's a world outside your window, so don't let it pass you by. Lift your hands to the heavens, lift your voice to the sky. Praise the Lord of all creation, let his name be lifted high. Thank you, Stephen and Uriah, for leading our students. And they are a beautiful bunch. They're goofy, but they're beautiful. <laughs> Good. Well, now it's time for our offering, which um, is always our, um, our joy to be able to give God something uh, back. So we'll give our thanks and our praise through our offering. And I consider this an act of faith in two ways. First, faith that what we give will make a difference in developing and expanding God's kingdom here on earth, and also faith that God will meet our own needs um, when we give back part of his provision to us. So let's pray together. Holy God, please fill our hearts with joy as we give, joy that lasts throughout the day and into the night. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the Lord of my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before. I worship your holy name. Stand together. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me. Let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul. Worship your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, oh bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. 
My strength is failing The end draws near And my time has come Still my soul will sing your praise can do part two of God at Work for those of you who like to think about it a while before you um, decide to speak. So I just would like to encourage um, those coming up on Thanksgiving. It's a wonderful time to be able to thank God as well. In... (laughs) I think Gary might have something to share. Thank you. A little while back, I was just sitting on my back porch. Thank you. A little while back, I was sitting on my back porch of my house, looking at my magnolia tree beginning to turn. And I know there's been a lot of, you know, we've had a memorial service recently. I lost an uncle in August, 93 years old. Um, Just a lot of grief around loss. And the Lord, I felt like the Lord gave me a poem. And I'm not, even though I had a, po- a pastor poet uh, previously, this is kind of out of the norm for me. So uh, I just wanted, but I wanted to share this in hope that it will be a blessing to someone. As, and this is called A Season of Grief. As the tree leaves turn from green to brown, so the head of man may turn from brown to gray, then white as winter snow. 
Though the budding strength of youth long past portends a destiny beneath the grass, yet fallen leaves clothe but a temporal resting place. Though cold and still as the leaves he lies, his soul lives above the skies. With promise he will yet arise to life again. Now basking in the sun's pure light, his spring arrived before the trees, whose winter must complete ere brighter days will come. Though grief's weight is heavy now, too deep for you, there is no plow. To get free, we know not how, and yet, with each passing day that you get through, you're closer to that life anew, where grief as surely as that winter snow shall melt away, forgotten as those winters long ago, when we too, at last, shall enter that land of perpetual spring. Thank you, Gary. <clears throat> Who else would like to share this morning? And it doesn't have to be in verse. <laughs> did he just disappear again? Yeah. He did, didn't he? Oh, okay. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> would anyone like me to just, if you would raise your hand, I'll come out to you. Carol, good. Oh, it's Carol, she needs some music. <laughs> It's a pleasure to meet you, Brittany. And I wanted to talk about the value and the blessing of finally saying yes, but your yes was so big it made me want to stay in my chair. <laughs> it's been a weird week for this reason. I've said yes more often than I've said no to the surprise of... <laughs> I had the privilege of, of being invited to the Restore um, fundraising dinner on Thursday night. It's not that there's anything wrong with Restore, there's something wrong with me wanting to sit at a table full of eight people and engage in, like, conversation. <laughs> Scares the crap out of me. <laughs> if this were after church, I would be saying something besides crap. <laughs> okay. But because, I, because Connie Dippo invited me, and I, I wanted to respect that, I was sitting next to Jane, and Jane said, I'm surprised to see you here. And I said, me too. <laughs> but, the reason, but the value of saying yes was, I learned about a wonderful ministry happening. There's a, um, the, the Pounds are, they're restoring lives. They're restoring individual lives. They're restoring families. They're doing good work. And if I had stayed home playing, you know, watching an, a movie on TCM and playing Candy Crush and wondering what was in the refrigerator and when am I going to do the dishes, <laughs> I lead a busy life. <laughs> I would have missed out on that. And then um, Jane asked me to be part of a project to reach out to some of my neighbors in Pleasant Hill. And we talked about my technological inefficiencies. Well, ineptness <laughs> is a better word. And, you know, she said, you know, give me a call. And she goes, I was surprised when you said yes to that, too. I said, me, too. <laughs> but I know Gary just gave us a beautiful poem. But the thing of it is, because we live in Jesus, and if I say yes, 
Yeah, yeah, my body is in the mi middle of decrepitude. Well, no, it's the, towards the end of decrepitude. <laughs> oh yeah, one more thing. The other thing I said yes to, I, went, I said yes to visiting my nephew and, seeing, uh, and spending time with his daughter in San Francisco. For a lot of reasons I didn't want to. Mostly it was traffic and three flights of stairs and really, really creaky knees. But I said yes, and I was blessed by it. But what I was, in reference to Gary's poem, is that I, I'm in, I feel like I'm in the middle of renewal right now before I, you know, you know, before I take the long dirt nap later on. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, bye. <laughs> Part of the charm of God at work is you just never know. <laughs> oh, it's so good to be with you and to hear your stories and to laugh together and to be sad over losses together. And um, that's what we are. Thank you all. Okay. Amen. Just before we do the next song, I would like to just take a second and just share too and say thank God for his blessing. I have a brother who had a liver transplant two years ago and um, so he just celebrated his two-year liverversary, he called it. Um, so I just thank God for his life. My, my dad is still alive. He's 101. Um, he's, he's in Sierra Leone in West Africa where the life expectancy is 48 for men. So he's more than doubled the life expectancy, and, and I keep teasing him all the time. I, I said to him, man, what are you gonna, when are you going to die? And, and, uh, and he just laughs, and I laugh, and I say, what are you, are you trying to write this whole thing until Jesus comes back? And, um, and he laughs, and I laugh. And every time I go, he puts his hand on my head and blesses me. Um, and for me, it's worth the trip going back to Sierra Leone. So I thank God for my dad's life. He has taught me so much. He's taught me to laugh more than anything else. He's taught me to trust God and to, to serve his people. So let's all stand together and sing this song.
people said amen Give thanks to the Lord For his love never ends And all the people said amen And all the people said amen Oh, 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 oh. And all the people said amen So this is one of those songs that tells you what to do, right? So now let's all say amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and bow for prayer. God, thank you for all your many blessings on your people. Thank you, God, for the many testimonies, the ways that you have showed up and showed out in the lives of your people for provision, for healing, for, uh, for comfort, for bringing people back to church and, and hearing your word and um, and thank you for beautiful poems written um, and, and to touch our hearts and, and to express ourselves. Thank you, God, for people saying yes and answering the call to serve you and serve your people. Bless us today. Thank you for the many testimonies. We thank you for those who did not speak, but we know they're grateful. We thank you for them. Pray for all the unspoken requests and needs of God that you will be present and be near to each one of us. Help us to trust you. Um, help us to lean on you. Help us to hope in you. This is our prayer today. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Wow. What an uplifting time. Thank you for all of you who shared. Wow. You, you, you blessed us all. I'm Dan Seitz, senior pastor here at Hillside. And again, so good to see you all today. Ten weeks ago, we all came to church and we set out on a journey, a journey of following Jesus on his miraculous march through Galilee. And over those last ten weeks, we have relived together as a church family most of the biggest moments in Jesus' life between his inaugural sermon in his hometown synagogue, and the moment that he discerns that his time has come. The time to go to Jerusalem to accomplish his life's mission, which is to rescue the planet by defeating cosmic evil on the cross and by establishing a people of which we're all part who would bear witness to that rescue through all sorts of acts of creative love. Acts of love like building Magi sets, which Rachel Aylard, Jake Brooks, Frank Canova, Matt DeYoung, Chris Harala, John Miller, Michelle Miller did all yesterday. Do you appreciate all their work and what it's going to mean in a couple of weeks? Yeah. Well, this morning, we have a final story to relive. It's a short one, but it's one that makes a very powerful postscript for this Galilee by Storm series. So we're going to jump right in, reading at chapter 9, verse 51. You can follow along on your message notes. Luke says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. 
And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. Well, Luke tells us that Jesus and his disciples head out for their three-day journey to Jerusalem, and Luke emphasizes Jesus's determination. Setting the face was a common expression at the time to describe moving towards a goal with an iron will. And then Luke tells us that Jesus sends associates ahead into town to make accommodations for this traveling party. And Jesus' intention is to bunk down in a Samaritan village. Now, on the one hand, this surprises us as readers because most Jewish people, when they traveled between Galilee and Jerusalem, would loop to the west so that they could avoid Samaria because, as many of you know, there was a historic rivalry between the Jews and the Samaritans, but Jesus doesn't do it. He doesn't take the detour. He cuts right through Samaria. Well, Luke tells us in verse 53 that the Samaritans don't roll out the red carpet for him. And Luke doesn't elaborate, but we can gather from what happens next that the disciples are hacked. They are incensed by this indignity. Now, we can all appreciate the sting of haughty treatment, but when that sting comes from someone from whom you are expecting hospitality, the sting is much greater. A couple of years ago, on a trip down to San Diego that uh, my twin brother and sister-in-law took with Alice and me, we did the Seven Bridges hike throughout San Diego. And I recommend this hike if, if you like hiking, which a lot of hillsiders do. It's this really fun loop in and around the city where you literally cross seven bridges, all different. It's a lot of fun. Well, about two-thirds of the way through the hike, some of us need a restroom break. We were all hopped up on hot chocolate because it was cold, and it went right through us. But unfortunately, there were not any public restrooms around. Well, being the older brother, I'm four minutes older than my twin, uh, I appointed myself commander of our urban expedition, so I assume responsibility for uh, finding a place that will meet our biological needs. And so we march maybe another 100 clicks or so, and I spot a building, a community health center that has a banner over the door that reads, Welcome. And I think to myself, problem solved. The security guard would not let us in. He would not let us in. And I looked at him and I said, but you're a health center, and this is a health issue. Can't help you, he said. And he did not care that the four of us were hopping up and down right in front of him. And I was flabbergasted, totally. But the point, we can understand the disciples being perturbed here by the Samaritans' rudeness, when by the Middle Eastern standard, they should have expected 
welcome without any kind of question. Nevertheless, what happens next is so absurd. It's so outrageous that if we are reading carefully, we're really tuned into this story, we've got to laugh. It's genuinely funny, and the people I've read this story to this week have laughed when I've read it out loud to them. Listen, starting at verse 54, and when his disciples, James and John, saw it, meaning the inhospitality, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? (laughs) James and John want to call in a heavenly airstrike. And they want to respond to this insult by incinerating the town. And with straight faces, they ask Jesus if he will sign off on this. Now, to be totally fair to them, as we pointed out in a previous message, Jesus has been doing some Elijah-like things over the course of this initial phase of his ministry. And once, Elijah did, in fact call down fire to scorch enemy soldiers who were trying to arrest him. So perhaps that story is running through their minds. But even so, if we are reading this story carefully, again, with an awareness of all that has happened up to this point, I mean, we have got to be totally flabbergasted by this proposal. And we have to ask, what has Jesus ever done Or what has Jesus ever said to make them think that he could possibly approve of them torching this town? I mean, his whole Galilean tour has been a hurricane of healing people and welcoming people and saving people and including people. And even in the last eight days or so, Jesus has intensified his instruction to the disciples about how the kingdom moves forward and how in particular they are to follow him. And just before this story, you see, Jesus overhears his disciples jawing over who's the greatest. So what does he do when he hears this? He, he huddles them up and then taking a child under his arm. Think somebody like Sebastian Gomez, a great kid in our family group on Sunday nights. And with his kid under his arm, he says to the disciples that the kingdom way is not about fighting for position and power. He says, rather, it's about humble service with service to children being the prototype. And then shortly after that, the disciples get all riled up when they learn that somebody has the gall to cast out demons in Jesus' name who's not in their little group. And this offends their dignity. They can't believe somebody would even think to do that. And this is especially galling to them because previously they had struck out on their own attempts to cast a demon out of somebody, even though Jesus had specifically authorized them to do this. Well, Jesus, again, he looks at them, and he says, don't stop them, for the one who is not against you is for you. And his general point is, hey, guys, put your egos away. And in every way that he possibly can, Jesus has been saying, right up to this very awkward moment in Samaria, 
that the way of the kingdom is not egotistical self-assertion. It's not maintaining one's touchy honor against all slights. Rather, it's self-effacing, self-extending, generous, practical love. And yet here, the very second that their dignity takes a little dent, they are ready to call in the C-130 gunships. Well, how does Jesus respond? What's he say? And again, I think the writer here has written this up in a way to crack us up. Listen to what happens in verse 55. But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. (laughs) Jesus doesn't even dignify the question with a response. At least that's sort of the way that Luke portrays it. It's as if Jesus, when he hears this totally ridiculous proposal, he simply says, oh, please, and they just keep on walking. Now, again, you know, if you're like me, when you read this story of the disciples' sheer, shameless, egotistical bellicosity, your instinct is to scorn them and to to roll your eyes and ask yourself, how could these knuckleheads possibly suggest this? And have they learned anything at all? by being with Jesus over this time that they've been with him. And again, that really was me, as I have been simmering over this funny story. But I got to tell you, I had a realization, and one that stopped me in my tracks when it came clear. You know what? Here's the truth about me. In my own way, I call down fire regularly. And of course, I'm much more subtle than the disciples in my penchant for pyromancy, we could say, all right? My instinct to sear anyone who in that moment seems like a Samaritan, okay? But it comes from that same thin-skinned spirit. And recently, I experienced something that felt like a snub. And let me ask you, do you know what was different about this snub? Nothing. Nothing at all. Totally typical. The same kind of minor slight that we all experience in life, walking around the world as we do, bumping into other imperfect people. Nevertheless, after my little Samaritan moment, (laughs) I found myself scheming. I found myself making battle plans for the verbal fire I would lay down if given a chance to correct the sorry soul who dared blaspheme the petty tribal God who is me. Can you relate at all? And if we take an honest look at ourselves as well as most other people, we have to conclude that as human beings, we're a lot like James and John. We're sons of thunder too. And we're creatures who very quickly call down fire on anyone who slights us, even if that calling down is only in our minds and and souring our moods. 
Well, what do we learn here in this final chapter uh, of the story? It's something that we've already learned, but it's something that as believing people who are trying to learn the way of Jesus, it's something we need to be reminded of time and again, and it's this, Jesus offers a better way. He really does. It's, it's a way that frees us from the prison of joy-devouring defensiveness and community-corrupting contempt. And as I've looked back and reflected on this fall series, Galilee by Storm, this theme, honestly, is my biggest takeaway. I've learned a lot, I hope, like you have, but this is the thing that I'm really tucking down into my own heart. It's the theme expressed in what Jesus says in Luke 6.35. Listen to this and let it wash over you. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You know, as disciples of Jesus, here's the truth. We are called to call down something on our enemies, on those Samaritans who send us packing, but it isn't fire. When I was a college pastor back in Davis, I had a student named Matt Moreno who I got very close to in a short amount of time. He was in our ministry just for one year, drove over from Sac State. And Matt was in the ROTC for the Air Force. And again, he's a great guy. And after graduating and getting his commission, Matt became an ALO. I had no idea what that was uh, when I met him, but he filled me in. An ALO is an air liaison officer. And I learned from Matt that, that even though ALOs are Air Force personnel, and we tend to think about them as buzzing around the sky, ALOs deploy with combat units from the Army and the Marines. And their job... When things get hairy in the middle of the fight is to call in and direct an airstrike. You know something? As disciples of Jesus, as agents of the world's one true Lord, we are alos as well, except the ordinance that we call in is very different. It doesn't ignite. It diffuses tense situations. It doesn't harm. It heals. It doesn't blow up. It builds up. You see, the bombs we drop are blessings, creative blessings, thoughtfully conceived to convert the enemy into a friend if it can possibly be done. The fire that we call down as people who belong to Jesus is forgiveness an unexpected grace and the invitation to walk together and to talk together and to seek common ground, even if it requires some suffering. That's the Jesus way. That's the true human way, and it's our way here at Hillside because we're a family of followers of Jesus. One more thing I love about this final story. Notice that even though Jesus is plainly perturbed 
by this insane proposal. Their crazy proposal to throw down fire, he doesn't fire them. He doesn't say, I've had it. You people are hopeless. I'm getting a brand new team of 12. Not at all. And we know this because after this quick reprimand, what does Luke say? He says, and they went on to another village. And isn't it good news that Jesus, he doesn't fire us either. (laughs) He doesn't fire us even after our petty playing with fire moments. He keeps us near him. He's always inviting us to keep traveling with him, to keep moving forward in full conformity with him. So we look and act like him, to keep learning his very, very particular peace-loving way. Father, thank you for what we have learned and experienced this fall in our Galilee by Storm series. Thank you for the skill we've gained in reading these true stories, these amazing stories of your son. And we're grateful that because of what you've shown us over these last 10 weeks, we are all better equipped to live like him in this hurting world, to represent him in this world. Your son, our savior, our king, the one who is coming, the one we want to be ready for. We're so grateful. We pray in his name. Amen. We have prayer team members, the leader of whom is right here, Janet Nowhere. She's going to come up. And I invite you, as we all go into this Thanksgiving week, which is God willing, going to be a week full of joy, but like all holidays, can have its own share of stress and tension, right? Times we might be tempted to call down something other than a blessing on our brother-in-law, right? Maybe you want prayer before the week. Prayer for strength, for courage, for joy. Maybe you're sick. You need healing today. You need the great physician to, to come upon you with his power and to heal you right here. We have no reason to think he can't. Maybe you're just sad today. You need the Spirit to fill you and to lift you up. Maybe you're scared about something and you need courage. She's here. Here's your benediction. Would you stand? May the Lord fill you all, dear ones, to overflowing with joy as you live in thankfulness this week. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.